my worst enemy The flesh that's covering me Brings me down to my knees Welcome to Sermons in the Park a ministry exploring biblical truth from the Word of God, focusing on the truths that help us in our daily walk with Christ in every aspect of our lives. Now, here is your Reverend, Jamie McCaskill. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome back to an all-new Sermons in the Park podcast exclusive episode. As always, I am your Reverend Jamie McCaskill. I want to take this time, like I do each and every week, just to thank you all for joining me here. It's always a pleasure to be here with you all. Um, let me lean in there and look and see. My mic was turned down a little bit. All right, you probably heard the opening. <laughs> I put that on there because we're talking about the Jehovah's Witnesses again today. Because it's been a while since we've talked about them, hasn't it? Well, we're going to talk about them a little bit more. Let me start this off by telling you a story. Uh, First off, the last time I did one of these, uh, I got attacked by someone who actually is related to me because they, and they didn't even go listen to the episode. They were just defending the Jehovah's Witness. Um, But I I basically said everything I had to say in that one. And then um, the last contact that I had with the Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, they came by our new home back along, you know, it's been three years ago maybe and after they found out i was a minister they kind of excused themselves and they never came back okay so rock on by and like i said i've lived here for a while now and my wife and i put up a sign on our door that said no solicitation we put that up there because you know there's those scammers that go around who are trying to get you to change your electric supplier and um we haven't seen or heard, like I said, from them since. And since that sign got put up, and then recently, we uh, actually, yesterday as of recording this, I got a letter in the mail from a local Jehovah's Witness who was wanting to come by and speak to us. So you're getting this episode, but right after that, I stuck a couple gospel tracks into an envelope, uh, wrote a couple Bible verses in there, and uh stuck it in the mail uh so in honor of that let's go ahead and get in this episode let's discuss the jehovah's witnesses some more because you see they don't believe that jesus is god which as you know this means that they do not place their faith in jesus as their lord and savior because you see sadly this means that they do not place faith in Jesus. And since they do not place faith in Jesus, they are not saved. If you are a true believer, you need to share the truth of Jesus and the gospel. That oh, too good to be true news. You see, they believe a lot of unbiblical things. And they try to claim that they're Christians, but like we discussed last time, their beliefs show that they are not. They're very similar to the Mormons. The LDS Church, and which is the Mormons, 
And just like the LDS Church, the Jehovah's Witnesses are a cult. Last last time we talked about, you know, how they are not Christians, how they do not truly know Jesus. And this time we're going to talk more about what they truly believe and um you know because this is just an off the cuff one after I got the um the letter yesterday I might po- it's very possible I could repeat myself on some of this. And if so, I'm sorry, but it's never too, you know, it it never hurts to hear something again. It just kind of you know, refreshes it in your memory, right? So let's talk about how they do not believe that Jesus is God. As I said, they don't. They believe that Jesus was first created as the archangel Michael, sometime before, you know, the creation that we read in Genesis. They believe that Jesus is a lesser God, you know, lowercase g, but that he is not God himself. They only see Jehovah as the one true God, not Jesus, not the Holy Spirit. I know I, I know I do not have to tell you this, but they're wrong because the Bible makes it clear that Jesus is God. There are seven statements that are called the I am statements that, that are made by Jesus that make it clear that he declares himself as God. You can find these over in John. You know, that's why I give out the Gospel of John. You can find it in chapter 6, 8, 10, 11, 14, and 15. I'll slow down so you can go find them. John chapter 6, John chapter 8, John chapter 10, John chapter 11, John chapter 14, and John chapter 15. He proved that he is God through all of his signs, all of his signs and wonders. You can look at just the resurrection alone to know that he's divine. Come on, we all know That there's no way just some normal man came here to earth, lived a life without sin, and died for our sins, then rose again in the grave, from the grave, sorry. Only God in the flesh is able to do that. As I said earlier, since they do not believe Jesus is God, they're not putting their faith in him to be their savior. That means they are not saved. We need to help them know the truth. And also, also, number two, they, de- they deny the Trinity. We just said they deny Jesus' divinity. But it does not stop there. They also deny the Trinity. They do not believe that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost are one. In their minds, there is no such thing as a Trinity. As I said, they only believe Jehovah is God and Jesus is a lesser God, lowercase g. The Holy Spirit they do not see as God either. They teach that the Holy Spirit is a force. I do not know if, if, if we have any if we've ever talked about this here. You know, that word the Trinity is not in the Bible. That's true. But the Trinity is in there. Okay? The Trinity is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Three distinct persons, one God. You know that the Trinity is the truth because of many passages in the Bible. Let's look at some of them. Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 to 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the earth. Amen. That's the Great Commission. 
a commandment that was given to us by Jesus. And notice what he says there. He tells the, the disciples to baptize in the name, singular, not plural, singular. He says the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This makes each of the three a member of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. They all three are God. And then we also know that they do not believe that Jesus was physically resurrected. We definitely talked about this last time, but we're going to talk about it some more. They do not believe that the resurrection of Jesus was physical. No, they believe that he was resurrected spiritually. Silly, right? I don't know how they can read the Bible and believe something so ridiculous. He was physically resurrected. It was made clear in the Bible, okay, that Jesus was not just a spirit when he resurrected. The Bible tells us he was resurrected as flesh and bone. Look at this. Luke chapter 24, verse 39. Behold my hands and feet, that it is myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones, and ye see me have. You get that? He says it. Jesus says it. Spirit doesn't have flesh and bone like I do. And then look, John chapter 2, verses 19 to 21. Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Then said the Jews, Forty and six years was the temple in, in building, and wilt thou rear it up in three days? But he spake of the temple of his body. Do not forget that the disciples touched him, okay? Doubting Thomas himself, he placed his fingers in the wounds. Matthew chapter 28, verse 9. And as they went to tell the disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hell. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. And then, John chapter 20, verses 27 to 29. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, Behold my hands, reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Right there is another one where he calls him God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, and yet have believed. So, right there we have Jesus being touched by the disciples. We also have him saying what? That he is flesh and bone. But we also have him eating too. He eats food multiple times after the resurrection. What does that prove to you? That he was physically resurrected. Luke chapter 24 verse 30. And it came to pass as he sat at meat with them, meaning food, he took bread and blessed it and break and gave to them. And then we have over here in John chapter 21, verses 12 and 13, Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine, and none of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou? Knowing that it was the Lord Jesus, then, I'm sorry, then it was the Lord. Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and fish likewise. So my Jehovah's Witnesses friends, let me ask you this. How can you read those verses? and not see that Jesus was physically resurrected from the dead. 
Now let's talk about the Jehovah's Witness belief, you know, about, well, let's talk about their false beliefs of the Holy Spirit. How about that? That sounds better. Because like, like we said earlier, they have this false belief that the Holy Spirit, you know, is not God. They teach that the Holy Spirit is is this impersonal force. They don't see him as a true person, just this force. And we know this is wrong. We know that the Holy Spirit is God, that he is divine. <laughs> it's absolutely not some impersonal force. We see in the Bible that the Holy Spirit has a personality, just like a person. We see that the Holy Spirit also has personal pronouns. We're living in this world of pronouns. Why not look at the fact that the, the Holy Spirit has his own? Acts chapter 13, verse 2. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. That's right. The Holy Spirit spoke right there, gave a command. Then we see over in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, we're urged not to not to grieve the Holy Spirit. What does that show us? It shows us that the Holy Spirit has emotions. Now, we discussed this a long time ago, long, long, long time ago in one of my sermons, but the Holy Spirit is in charge of administering spiritual gifts. That shows us that the Holy Spirit has a will of his own. Go, go, turn with me, because you know I love Paul so much. Paul, First Paul, chapter 12, verse 11. But all these worketh that one in the selfsame spirit, dividing every man several, severe, severally as he will. We also see that the Holy Spirit gives commands, right? That's only something that uh, a person can do. Right? Only a person can give a command. Look at Acts chapter 8, verse 29. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. We see that the uh, Holy Spirit intercedes for other people. Uh, right there, Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. We see the Holy Spirit teach. That's over in John chapter 14, verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he, you see that? That's the Holy Ghost. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Right? Then we see the Holy Spirit testify of the Father. John chapter 15, verse 26. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. So, my Jehovah's Witness friends, defend the belief that the Holy Spirit is a force after reading the word of God. Because you see, it's clear that it's not some impersonal force. The Holy Spirit is a real and independent person who, yes, is the third member of the Trinity. Now with that, let's look at the Jehovah's Witnesses, I'm going to say it, wrong view on salvation. Yeah, that's right. To add to all of those wrong beliefs 
they also have an even more wrong view on salvation. Because you see, instead of putting faith in Jesus, they have what we call a works-based faith, a works-based salvation. They think that they have to do all these good deeds to get into heaven. And on top of that, they also have to be involved in their church, which they call kingdom halls. So they have to do good deeds. They have to go to kingdom hall and do what the kingdom hall tells them to do. They have to obey the rules of the, of the kingdom hall. You might remember in my Mormon episode, I told you how, how Mormons use words that sound the same to me and you. It sounds like the same thing we're saying, but it means something completely different. The Jehovah's Witnesses do the same thing. They will tell you that they have faith, in quotation marks here, in Jesus. But you can, if you, if you talk to them long enough, you'll actually learn that it's a wrong view on faith. Because you see, they, have, they believe that having faith in Jesus just means you believe in him. They don't see Jesus as being sufficient for salvation. No. They believe that Jesus just opened a door to salvation. That they now, but you know, now that Jesus has done that, you have to follow the rules of the kingdom hall. And that by, and by following the rules of the kingdom hall, anyone can, you know, anyone can follow the rules of the Jehovah's Witnesses. And that's just wrong. Salvation only comes by putting your faith in, in Jesus, by trusting in Jesus, by believing that Jesus died for your sins, that he was buried, that he rose again physically. Look at John's three, John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him must be saved. And then let's look over at Paul again, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 to 4. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein you stand, by which also ye are saved, if you if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, Unless ye have believed in vain, for I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Jesus died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Don't you see the Bible makes it clear. There is no salvation outside of Jesus. You cannot earn your way into heaven. You cannot do enough good deeds to get into heaven. That will not save you. Okay? The Bible makes it clear that salvation is by grace alone through faith. Grace means an unmerited favor. You don't, it means you didn't do anything to get it. Grace is a gift. Paul tells us, Ephesians chapter 2 Verses 8 to 9. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So again, we see that the Jehovah's Witness Church is wrong about salvation, don't we? 
It comes only by faith in Jesus, not by following some rules, because there is nothing you can do that will get you in heaven. You have to trust in Jesus like you would a parachute. Nothing you're going to do will get you into heaven. Let's look at, uh, now, There's this is this is one that when I first started studying about the Jehovah's Witnesses, I had some trouble with, and I'm going to do my best to uh, explain it to you because we're going to talk about their belief in what they call annihilationism. This is one, like I said, I had a lot of trouble understanding it, but they have this belief um, in what they call annihilationism, and this belief teaches that when someone dies, they just cease to exist. You or me, because we're not Jehovah's Witnesses, when we die, we're just going to be annihilated. Uh, any sinner who does not turn to the Jehovah's Witnesses, they're annihilated. They, they deny the very existence of hell. They believe if you do not become a Jehovah's Witness, then God just annihilates you. This is just another wrong belief because the Bible makes it clear if you put your faith in Jesus and you ask for forgiveness, you're forgiven of your sins. You're redeemed. You receive eternal life. If you don't, well, then you go to hell and ultimately into the lake of fire. I'm going to try to make this a little bit more clear, okay? Hell is a real place. My Jehovah's Witness friends, if you do not put your faith in Jesus, you're not, you're not annihilated. No. You're, you're separated from God. You're sent to hell. And then later you're put into the lake of fire. Take a look. This is in the Bible. Revelations chapter 20, verse 15. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. There's no outer darkness. There's no annihilation. There's hell and, the, and then the lake of fire. So if you are a Jehovah's Witnesses, okay, or if you know one, share this truth with people. If, you, if, you're, if you're too afraid to do it yourself, share this episode. Share my other episode on Jehovah's Witnesses. Help them understand what the Bible truly says. Show them how the Bible and their beliefs are just not compatible. The culture of the Jehovah's Witness Church is something that no one should be a part of. If you're a Jehovah's Witness and you've made it this far into my episode, I want you to know, number one, I love you. I'm not condemning you. I'm praying that these words that, that you just heard in this episode have, have reached you and helped you come to Christ. That you'll experience his saving grace. That you'll put your faith in Jesus. That's what the Lord wants. The Lord wants you to come home. He wants you to trust in him as your Savior and your Lord. That is what the story of of the of the son is about the parable of the um the son he comes home to his father and his father reaches out his arms and says son welcome home give him a give him a new coat give him some rings for his finger that's what that story is about 
It's about you and me coming home to God. And the Jehovah's Witness Church is not giving you that. So I pray that this has gotten through to you today. I pray that you know, this has helped you in some way. Even if, if, even if you're not someone who, who's looking to help a Jehovah's Witness because you know one or anything like that, I'm praying that you, maybe you learned something. And the next time you run into a Jehovah's Witnesses, you can, this stuff will be recalled into your memory and you can use it to help guide them back, back home, back to God. Because they think they're doing right. And they're, and, and they're not. So I love each and every one of you. And guys, again, I'm putting this up during the during the layoff for the UAW strike. Uh, again, I, uh, down below you'll see I have the um, I have the GoFundMe down there for for to help me with my bills and things like that until I go back, until this strike is over or until I find another job or something. So. I pray if you're able to help, please do. If not, share that link with people to to get them to help. You know, maybe you'll get into the eyes of someone who can. I love each and every one of you. I pray God continues to bless and keep you all. I'll talk to you soon. Love you. You have been listening to Sermons in the Park with Reverend Jamie McCaskill. Be sure to follow us on YouTube, BitChute, and Rumble. And as always, thank you for listening. There's joy for the morning. Sinner, be still. Earth has no sorrow, heaven can't heal. Earth has no sorrow, heaven can't heal. So let